is The Good Old Days, a podcast at the corner of history and true crime. I'm Maggie Coomer. And I'm Jasmine Brand. And happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, Jasmine. Or actually, happy Friday. It's Friday for us. And it's a week before this is actually going to come out. So happy Saturday, hopefully, if you're listening on a Saturday or happy any day of the week. I don't know. (laughs) Happy. Well, aren't we doing this on Wednesday because Thanksgiving's Thursday? Well, remember the Thanksgiving episode's going to come out on Thanksgiving. We're doing your short stack. We're doing my short stack. Yep. Exciting. Yeah. It is. And to show a little appreciation for you guys, for our listeners, uh, we looked at our top listener cities. And for the next four Saturdays, we will be bringing you a location-specific tale pulled straight from the local newspapers. So buckle up. Uh, I am up first with Manhattan, New York. Thank you, Manhattan. You've been very kind to us. So we hope you enjoyed this little story. I found this story in the Philadelphia Inquirer from November 25th, 1887. I know what you're thinking. This is supposed to be a story from Manhattan. Well, this particular article was a reprint from the New York Evening Telegram, uh, the nighttime paper from the New York Herald. So there we go. Now that we have all that straight, the crime detailed in my source article happened on Thanksgiving 100 years earlier in 1777. At the midnight hour on Thanksgiving night in 1777, a maid working in a Manhattan mansion headed towards the bedroom of her mistress. The house was quiet. As far as she knew, the master of the home, a Spaniard named Don Juan Serestis, was away on business, leaving his wife alone in the house. Before the maid could cross the threshold, however, she stopped cold. There by the door lay the dead body of her mistress, Eleanor Seresta. A quick search of the house revealed a tragedy far greater than the maid supposed. In the bedchamber of Don Juan, they found Captain Paul Howard, a soldier in the Continental Army and the supposed lover of Eleanor. He was maimed and barely breathing, but still alive. The details of this case were said to be a source of public fascination at the time. A revolutionary era soap opera brought to a gruesome conclusion. As of the article in 1877, there were still reports of an annual reappearance of a ghostly apparition uh, on the grounds where the house once stood. So are you ready to hear the story of the murder of Eleanor Serestis and Captain Paul Howard? Let's go. (laughs) Any comments? I think you might have said 1877 at the beginning. That's when the article was published. Oh, okay. Because I was confused because I'm like, if you're talking about revolution, it's 17. Okay. Yeah. So this article was published as a 100-year anniversary piece uh, talking about a gruesome. It was was published on Thanksgiving in 1877. Oh, perfect. Talking about a case that happened 100 years earlier. I mean, everyone loves a little bit of Thanksgiving gore, right? Exactly. So- so yeah. buckle up. This oh, this has it for I'm sure. I'm so excited. And you've been hyping this up so much. So <laughs> I hope it lives up to the hype. We just had a conversation about I'm that. I'm so ready. Okay. I'm so ready to hear the story. Okay. So the story truly begins a few years prior to the crime. When the troops of General George Washington occupied Fort George in the very early years of the Revolutionary War. Think 1775. Okay. Near the fort lived a prosperous yeoman, 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 farmer, how about that, lived a prosperous farmer and his daughter, Eleanor. 
Eleanor, gorgeous and of courting age, helped her father entertain officers from Fort George during a barrage of parties and neighborhood gatherings meant to draw support for the Continental Army. Among them was a Captain Paul Howard. Now, I think for the purposes of the story, we can assume Captain Howard was tall, dark, and handsome. Good with that? All right. The dashing Captain Howard started coming around with a frequency that begged smirks and eyebrow raises from the other people in the neighborhood. He wooed young Eleanor. A wedding date was soon agreed upon, and the couple no doubt went about enjoying the euphoria of the honeymoon phase. That is, until a Spanish aristocrat named Don Juan rode into town. Rich, well-connected, and devilishly charming, Don Juan was experienced. He knew where his course to victory lay. Eleanor's father. I have to say, I'm just picturing a Borat-like character right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that an accurate depiction of I, Don Juan? I, maybe. I don't know. He, he's the stuff of imagination now. We don't. We have no description of him. So let's... Is, yeah, this guy I'm looks like Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, I'm picturing like... Well, I, I should say Sasha Baron Cohen, but like Circa, Sweeney Todd. Sure. That that is what I'm picturing. All right. So well, he's a very attractive man. So, oh yeah. yeah, I mean very because he's got like that suave, but you're not quite sure of him. Yeah, I yes. think that's who I'm picturing right now. So Don Juan overwhelmed Eleanor's father with his financial endowment, buying up property and buying a magnificent mansion in the neighborhood. The gold Don Juan brought to the table didn't hurt either, considering the infantile United States was fighting a war with Great Britain. So Eleanor broke broke things off with Captain Howard and quickly married Don Juan. Was she allowed to do that? (laughs) I think I think Papa Bear was like, yo, Don Juan, probably a better candidate than broke Captain Howard over here. Poor Captain Howard. Poor Captain Howard. Well, Captain Howard, it seemed, was not so easily shamed and deterred. Because even as Eleanor's social life migrated from her father's house to the new mansion that she shared with Don Juan... Captain Howard maintained his status as a frequent party guest of Mistress Eleanor. This social circle was apparently a tight-knit group where gossip was, or I said, where gossip abounded. (laughs) Eleanor's continued close association with the captain set those tongues and lips a-wagging and a-flapping. Whispers of a torrid love affair emerged, and before long, they reached the ear of Don Juan. Allegedly, Don Juan was not above a stern talking to. And what I'm sure was an incredibly strained conversation, Don Juan told Captain Howard to knock it off, stop coming around, to which the captain either agreed or disagreed. It doesn't really matter because the affair continued anyway. Thus, we converge upon Thanksgiving night, 1777. Don Juan was away. Eleanor and Captain Howard took advantage of his fortuitous travel plans and met up to do what secret lovers do. Sometime after dark, though, the couple met with violence. The maid discovered Eleanor's body in front of the bedroom threshold, suggesting she'd been running for the door when her attacker opened her throat from ear to ear, letting her body drop to the floor to bleed to death in a matter of seconds. It's saying something, though, that this was the cleaner of the two deaths, for Captain Howard was made to suffer. Found in the rooms of the man whose wife he'd absconded, Captain Howard's hands had been hacked off at the wrists. When pressed for the name of his attacker, it was discovered that his tongue was gone, ripped out at the root. He died of his injuries two days later, quote, without revealing the killer's name, to which I'm like, no shit, the guy didn't have a tongue 
or hands. Was he going to write his name down with his toes? Like, what exactly what he's gonna, was he going to do? Could have used his nose, like dipped it in ink. And... <laughs> but the newspaper said he took the name to his grave. Everyone knew who it was anyway, right? Because after the discovery of the crime, Don Juan never resurfaced. He was nowhere to be found. He never returned to the home he shared with Eleanor. And I imagine he probably hopped a ship and headed back to Spain, where he was from. Because why not? But to this day, the murders remain officially unsolved. The mansion was sold sometime after 1805 and remained unoccupied for nearly 50 years before a string of families came and went. It is reported that every year, a ghostly scene takes place on the property. And I'm going to read you a supposed firsthand account of this sighting. So... Uh, this is under the the subtitle, What the Servants Have Seen. Quote, a servant in the last family which lived here tells the following story. We had lived there several months when November came around. And although the neighbors warned us of the ghosts, my employer insisted on living in the house for the winter. There was a party at the house Thanksgiving night, and it was nearly midnight when I started for the room on the top floor. On the way, I had to pass the door of the room in which the woman was said to have been murdered, and I was ascending the stairs leading to my room when Rover, a big dog of the house, stopped and commenced to growl in a peculiar way. As I turned, the door of the room opened, and a beautiful young woman and a young soldier stepped into the hall. She put her arms about his neck and was just about to kiss him when a little gray-haired man jumped out of the room they had just left and drew a knife across her throat. The blood spurted all over the soldier, who had drawn his pistol, but before he could wipe it from his eyes, the old man was upon him. They fought terribly, but finally the old man fastened his hands on the soldier's throat and threw him into the room. I tried hard to scream, but could not, and as the door closed, I fell in a faint. I don't care whether you call it ghost or not. It was real enough to me, and I will never forget it. Since then, the house has been rebuilt. But even to this day, the same scene is said to occur there every single year. So that is the story of the murder of Eleanor Serestis and Captain Paul Howard. Wow. So, plot twist. What if it was the dad and he killed all of them? Why would he do that? Because, well, it's like an honor killing. If she's having an affair and bringing shame to the family name. And then he can blame it on the Spanish guy and say he just went home. But wouldn't it just be easier to not get involved? <laughs> well, it's always the easier whole, to not get involved. Because I mean, the whole neighborhood knows about the affair anyway, right? Well, yeah, that's the thing. So if they're dead, they can't talk about it anymore. Well, I feel like, I mean, unless uh, Don Juan has some sort of estate back in Spain, he gave up quite a bit. Well, that's what I'm saying. Why would you? Because you could just show up it's and be like, well, I was, I was away. How could I have committed this? Sure. Suppo- he, he definitely could have done that. But I think people probably suspected that Don Juan was the killer. Well, yeah, when you don't show back up. <laughs> but if it's because if the ghostly scene, if we're going to trust unsubstantiated ghost sightings, which always, always the right source to trust. <laughs> um, a small gray haired man is not a tall, dark and handsome Spanish whatever. No, for sure. I'm not getting Sasha Baron Cohen vibes from a small gray haired man. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you're absolutely correct. Um, But maybe it was just his wealth that wooed her. And he, you know, I mean, you don't have to be necessarily tall, dark and handsome to have. Are you saying he was like a sugar daddy? Maybe. I don't know. 
Maybe he went all well, across. Well, obviously, she was still into Captain Howard. She was still boinking him on the side. So she was like, I'm going to have my cake. I'm going to eat my cake and have it, too. I really want some red velvet cake now. Me, too. Do you think someone <laughs> came up with that after they murdered someone because it's red? Like, you know what? I don't know. This is a good murder cake. I don't know why that came <laughs> into my brain. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know the origin of the red velvet cake, but that would be a really good story. <laughs> Like, what am I going to do with all this blood? You know why? It's because it's Thanksgiving coming up. And I know red velvet cake is not a thing, but maybe we should make it a thing. Like, yeah. Well, at this point, Thanksgiving will have passed two days. Yes. But for us recording this, it's coming up. It's coming up. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Yeah. Um, Anyway, beside the cake, which is completely irrelevant, that would be what I would want to know. Was it? Was it the Spaniard or was it someone else? And they killed the Spaniard and then blamed it on him. Maybe there was a third lover. Maybe there was. Maybe a jealous neighbor. Maybe we'll never know. We probably won't. But yep. it's I I just I really want to now. Yeah. I really want to solve this. Talk about talk about a story though. Yeah. Tragic love affair. That's devastating. Yeah. But a good story. Such a good story. All right. Well, folks, we hope that you enjoyed this. If you did, uh, please head to your favorite podcast platform and drop us a five-star review. Also, share us with your friends and make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Jasmine, what about social stuff? Socials. So find us on Twitter at the Good O D Pod. That's it. Yeah. Yep, you got it. <laughs> so social. So find us on Twitter at the good OD pod. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at the good old days pod. And follow us. Watch some of our videos. We post stuff on there every single day. So yeah, keep up with us. All right. Well, that will do it. We hope you enjoy your weekend. Have a great week ahead. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.